welcome to the Righteousness mini-series on the Good Line podcast. This is going to be our first mini-series, a deep dive into the theological topic of righteousness. In this series, you'll hear interviews, theological discussions with pastors, thoughts and content from myself and others on the network. But to start out for episode one, we're going to do a simple, short and sweet breakdown as we answer the question, what even is righteousness? You'll hear from myself, and then later in the show, an amazing definition by Dr. Tim Mackey from The Bible Project. Thanks for listening to Good Line. Enjoy the show. Remember summer camp? The trees, the forest, the lake, and of course, camp crushes. I want to I paint a picture in your mind. You're at that camp, and everything's just right. You know, you've met that perfect boy or that perfect girl. You like them. And by some miracle, they like you too. It sounds too good to be true, but this is your reality. This is what happens. And so all of your friends are gone. All the camp counselors are gone. You're alone in the forest. And the birds are chirping and the stars are shining. And you decide it's time to make your move. And so you lean in for a single delicate kiss. And it's amazing. And you look at her and and she looks at you and it's just this beautiful moment. And then it happens. Suddenly you find yourself surrounded. Everybody from the camp jumps out from behind the trees. Your friends are there. Your youth counselors are there. Your youth pastor is there and they've all got stones in their hands. And you're like, what is going on? What, what, why do you have these stones? And they start pointing their fingers at you and your youth pastor stands up and says, we're here to stone you to death. And you go, what, what, why, why would you do this? And the response that they give you is you broke the rules, therefore you are unrighteous and you have to die. And you beg for mercy, but no one listens. They all pick up the rocks and throw them. And there in the forest, you get stoned to death. Now you're probably thinking, Aaron, what the heck? (laughs) That was super intense and super unrealistic. Well, here's the truth. In the Bible, that kind of stuff happened all the time. People got stoned to death, executed for their sins, for things like lying or disobeying their parents or sleeping around. And in the Jewish culture, it would have been understood, yeah, this is what you do. If you sin, it means that you're not righteous and therefore a punishment must be paid. And as somebody who grew up as a church kid, these kind of Old Testament stories can mess with us because a lot of times we can view our relationship with God in this same way. We think of righteousness as this perfect standard, this list of rules that I'm not supposed to break. And when I do, God looks at me and says, you're not righteous. And so there's this fear and this shame that's all wrapped up with just this idea. Well, that's why I want to talk about biblical righteousness. I want us to actually look at this word and figure out what does it mean for us? What did it mean to Jesus? How does he see righteousness? That's what we're going to talk about in this series. Welcome to part one of the Righteousness mini-series. 
So let's start with the word righteous. What does that word mean? Righteousness is kind of like this very churchy word. We use it in church quite often, uh, not often outside of church unless you're a surfer or a skater and you're like, whoa, righteous, bro. I'm sorry. But seriously, think about it. We hear this word in sermons all the time by pastors like this one. This is called in the Bible, the mystery of godliness or the mystery of righteousness. Like some of the other great mysteries of God, we cannot comprehend all of the intricacies of its workings, but we know it works. Or this one. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people. Or this one. Righteous. The ways of the righteous. The deeds of the righteous. The aspects of righteousness. Or this one. You need to hear it. Romans 5 says this. This is mind-blowing. It says, our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us, and he now declares us flawless in his eyes. So we've definitely heard it. And it's also in a lot of worship songs like this one. Just to Okay, so stop right there. That's the point I'm trying to make. Do you see what they just did? In the song, they said, holy, righteous, faithful till the end. Now, there's nothing wrong with the song, but for a lot of us, myself included, I kind of just grew up with these words like holy and righteous, and I just thought they basically meant the same thing. Like God was good or perfect was more often than not the word that I thought of in my mind. So I decided to do some investigating. So I went to the number one spot for excellent opinions, Instagram. I set up a poll on Instagram and I asked people, what do you think a person who is righteous is? Here's the response that I got. The number one response was someone who always does what is right. Number two, someone who follows God's laws. Number three, someone who is perfect. Number five, someone who is holy. See right there, interchanging holy for righteous. Number six was somebody who is a good person, both morally and ethically. And number seven was someone who is very godly and devoted to spiritual disciplines like Bible reading and prayer. So overall, this idea of someone who's righteous is kind of rooted in works and things that you do and being right. That's in popular Christian culture what we think of when we think of someone who's righteous. But is that what the word actually means? When the biblical authors wrote that word righteous, is that, was that their intention? Is that what they wanted to communicate? I love what Josh White, one of my favorite pastors over at Door of Hope in Portland says. He says this, As we move to a culture that is becoming less and less literate, the loss of language is the loss of our faith. That's so true. We need to know what the words in the Bible actually mean. And I've struggled a lot with this term righteous because subconsciously I associate it with rules and things like legalism. That's why today I want to dive into the actual meaning of righteous. And I want to see the biblical truth in the word. 
So most of us know the Bible wasn't originally written in English, despite what KJV enthusiasts would have us think. So the word righteous that we read is an English word. So where did it originate from? Well, to find out that, we're going to hear from one of our favorite people here at Good Lion, and that's Dr. Tim Mackey. Tim is the co-founder of The Bible Project, and he is also a Hebrew professor at Western Seminary. Let's listen to Tim break it down. Uh, the Hebrew word for righteous or righteousness, anyone take a crack at it? Tzedek. Spelled out in Hebrew, that's T-S-E-D-E-Q. Tzedek, yeah. The T-S is one letter in Hebrew. Uh, so it's Tzedek. Tzedek. And there's a few other variations, but that's the core That's the core word right there. Now, righteous, this is one of those words in English. I mean, does anybody use the word other than religious people anymore? Are you with me? How many of you used it in conversation at work in the last week, you know? We should really, yeah, form a partnership with them. They're so righteous, you know? <laughs> or whatever, you know? I'm my neighbor. He's really, he mowed my lawn. He's so righteous. We don't, right? Are you with me? So it's a religious word in, in English. Um, and it's almost like, what does it even mean? I think for most of us, it probably means something in English, modern English, as a morally good person. Righteous. What's happening here? This word occurs all over the Bible and it actually has a really, really precise, profound meaning once you wrap your, your head around it. It transforms what it means when you say out loud that God is, uh, that God is righteous. Here, at its core, here's what this word means. It's a word that describes someone's character, not in and of themselves, it describes someone's character that you see demonstrated by how they treat other people in their relationships. It's a relationship word. Um, you can be a good person like, just by yourself. You can't be righteous by yourself. The only way you know a person is righteous is by how they treat people. And righteousness, it's a standard of being in right relationship. So, uh, An example, I, I think, will bring clarity. So let's say you've got a guy and this guy, let's say he's in a series of relationships. One of them is that he's a husband and that he's a father. And so, you know, he displays his righteousness, that character trait, by behaving towards his wife and towards his kids in what kinds of behavior? Well, faithfulness, being committed, being present, loving, right? Like par parenting, being involved. Those are the kinds of behaviors that are right for that kind of relationship. Now, let's say that our uh, person is also an entrepreneur. And so he started a, uh, a business or something, and he's employed a whole bunch of people. And so how is that person righteous towards their employees? Not by snuggling up with them at bedtime and reading stories to them. Although that is how he's righteous towards his children, that's not how he's righteous towards his employees. What kinds of behaviors make a righteous person towards like a, like a business owner? So it's going to be somebody who who creates a great work environment, clear job descriptions, fair wages. Are you with me? Those are the behaviors that are proper to a right relationship there. And then let's say that our person also like lives in a neighborhood. And so he has a, he has a neighbor. So what does it mean that he's righteous towards his neighbor? It means that he gives them, you know, they make them cookies at Christmas time and so on and mows their lawn for them when their lawnmower breaks and so on. Are you with me? The behavior will change depending on what the type of relationship is 
But the overall trait is that in all different kinds of relationships, this person, we have this phrase in English, we don't use it very much, to do right by somebody. Do you guys use that phrase? Not normal English, but do you know what it means? To do right by somebody? Do you get it on an intuitive level? Do you know what that phrase means? It means I'm in a relationship with you and my behavior, I'm doing right by you. That's setek. Setek. I don't know about you guys, but for me, that's an absolute game changer. The concept of righteousness has less to do with our right behavior and the most to do with right relationship, our relationship with God. That's amazing. And it it changes the whole way that I view the word righteous in the scriptures. Now, despite this amazing word from Tim, I think a lot of us still might be stuck in that mindset of righteousness means being right, be right, follow the rules, do the right things, have a strict moral code, be right. Well, let's jump over to the Gospel of John, and we're going to look at a story of Jesus that sheds some light on what this word means. The story is found in John chapter 9. Jesus and his disciples are walking through town when they see a man who was born blind. His whole life he'd spent begging, asking people for money, not able to see, not able to work, not able to really live. And the disciples ask Jesus this question. They say, Jesus, why was this man born blind? Was it because of some sin that he did? Or was it because of some sin his parents committed? What's the reason, Jesus? In the culture that the disciples lived in, the Jewish honor-shame culture, this was the common way of thinking. You step out of line, you commit sin, therefore you're not righteous, so therefore you're punished. This man, the assumption was, he wasn't righteous, he wasn't holy, he wasn't doing the right things. So therefore, this was God's punishment. So they ask him, Jesus, why was this man born blind? Whose fault is it? Is it his fault or his parents' fault? And Jesus' response is so interesting. He says, actually, it was neither. In John 9, Jesus says, it was neither this man nor his parents. It wasn't their sin. No, this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Now, what what works is Jesus talking about? Is it God trying to prove something? Is God trying to prove that he's moral? Is God trying to prove that he helps people, that he's good? No, this, this was actually the works of righteousness. The work of righteousness was what God wanted to display. God was on a mission of righteousness. Now remember what we learned from Dr. Tim. What is righteous? Is God trying to prove his right behavior? No, you see, God isn't trying to prove anything. Instead, God wants to do the work of restoring right relationship. You see, this man wasn't just physically blind. No, he was spiritually blind. He didn't realize who Jesus was. He didn't realize the power of God to heal and rescue and save. And so Jesus says, I'm going to fix that in this moment. 
it's not just this man's physical blindness that's the problem, it's his separation from me. And so Jesus scoops down, spits on the ground, and picks up a handful of mud. And he rubs it in the guy's eyes, which is one of the weirdest ways Jesus has ever healed anybody. But it works. You see, this is the God who made man out of dirt, out of the dust of the earth. And he sees this guy who can't see. And Jesus uses the actual dust of the earth to restore his full humanity back to him. It's insane. It's amazing. And it's not because of some moral code. It's not Jesus saying, well, this is the right thing to do. This is what God would want me to do. I mean, it says here in the scriptures that this is how I should behave. No, it wasn't because of a moral code. It was because of a God who loves. Because he wanted this man to feel the loving, restoring, healing hands of God. I, I love what Josh White says. He says, the gospel doesn't reveal a moral code. It reveals a real, physical, loving person. Yahweh, our God. And if you're listening to this, I want you to understand that God sees your sin. He sees your brokenness. He sees the things that you've done. He also sees the things that have been done to you. He sees your problems, your issues, your flaws, the things that you do and the things that you can't even control. And he sees that brokenness and how it's affecting you. And his main concern is not how wrong you are, but how wrong your separation from him is. Think about that. In the midst of your mess, your problems, your mistake, your sin, and God looks at you and his main concern is not, oh, I can't believe all the wrong things you've done. No, his main thought is, man, I can't believe how far this separation between us is. I've got to fix it. And all of us know what that pain of brokenness feels like. I mean, have you ever gotten into a fight? You, you say something to somebody and you don't, you don't necessarily mean it, or maybe you do, but it just, in that moment, that relationship is shattered between you and that person that you love, something is said, and now there's just this hurt and pain between the two of you. And, and you feel this crushing weight because you realize that in this situation, it's not righteous. You have a relationship, but it's not right. It's broken. And so there's this longing for righteousness. It's, oh, I just want things to be right in this moment. And to fix brokenness, I mean, something often needs to happen. I mean, think about it. When you break a relationship, most of the time you are supposed to do something to fix it. You got to pay them back or apologize or beg for forgiveness. You got to argue it out with them, bribe them with gifts. And then if, if you appease this person, maybe just maybe they'll forgive you. And sometimes it, it takes a long time. Sometimes you live not knowing if they've truly forgiven you. I hate that feeling when, when someone says, oh yeah, it's fine, it's fine, but you don't actually know if it really is fine. And so you live with this knot in your stomach every time you think of that person, just, oh, 
Have they really truly forgiven me? Have I earned back their trust and their favor? And, and imagine if this is what God designed for righteousness. We sin and then God says, prove how sorry you are. Show me. I mean, the, the truth is a lot of us live that way. We sin and we think, oh, I've got to prove to God how sorry I am. And so it's just, oh, I got to go to church. I got to read my Bible. I got to pray. I got to go to church. I got to read my Bible. I got to pray because I, I have to prove to God that I'm sorry for my sins. I've got to prove that I'm worthy of love. And God says, no, I will do it all. God looks at us humanity and says, hey, you guys wronged me. Genesis chapter 1 through 3, I made the perfect place, the amazing garden, the, the place where humanity was supposed to live and grow and thrive in perfection and beauty, and we broke it. I mean, think about it. We wronged God. We hurt God. We had this relationship with God, and we broke the relationship. And as much as we might want to fix it, Jesus says, I alone will make it right because I love you. I don't want you to have to do anything to make things right because you can't. I just want you to accept that I made things right between you and me. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Jesus was the God who realized that we couldn't fix the brokenness. And so he died so that we might be whole again. He died to make us righteous. And now his righteousness, his right relationship with God is our righteousness. It's also our right relationship with God. That's beautiful. That's a game changer. That's amazing. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Good Lion Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our first episode of the Righteousness miniseries. Like I said, we're going to keep this one short and sweet, but we've got a whole lot more coming up on the next episodes. Here's what you can look forward to in episode two. We're going to look into the story of the woman caught in adultery and what it teaches us about righteousness. Brian Higgins and I are going to discuss what even is sin. We look at the constant struggle of trying to get right with God and backsliding. And then we're going to hear some encouragement from Pastor Brian Stupar. And we're also going to hear a story about how righteousness can be found even in the middle of lies and drug addiction. All this and more in the next episode of the Righteousness mini series on the Good Line Podcast. Thanks for listening.